Alright, alright. Time for another checkup. That's what I like to call this podcast. I like it. Yeah, where I check up with friends. Yeah. Have a little chat. I I am joined by Simon today. Hello. Hello there. It has been a while since we've hung out and checked up. Like definitely, definitely pre last year. It was it had to have been pre pre last year. Pre twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. I which was a great time. Re- I don't even want to reference that no. that situation. I think I think last time I seen you was at Belmont. Yeah, I think Oh. Yeah, Belmont. Yeah. It was a festival on the water. Yes. Well, was was that when I was performing? Or yeah. Yes, yes. And that was when all the boats were going past. Yes. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was all the boats with the fancy lights yeah. and things. Oh, <laughs> uh, some of them had um lost certain lights in certain places. I'm like, is it a dinosaur? <laughs> is it a cactus? So <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And you decide. <laughs> it's like a um neon Rorschach test. <laughs> but I also remember um one of the times before that when we went out, um you and I went to the movies and we I think we went to see Ant Man. So that was a long that time was ago. A long time ago. And we had burgers and you're like, let's go to grilled and I'm like, we are two bearded men <laughs> are you are you insane like where you want us to eat burgers in public like do you realize how many serviettes i'm gonna need <laughs> um but no that was a good time and i think that was around about the time that uh magic mike came out and i remember us leaving leaving the cinema and there were some uh women ahead of us on the escalator like all just like swooning over over this movie and then they turn turn around to me and it's like did you like magic mike i'm like I went to see Ant Man. <laughs> I mean, ev- even as a um, as a proud gay man, I have yet to see Magic Mike. It's not really, not really for me. No, I, I've never watched it either. No, no. So oh well, next movie night, hey? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> All right, mate. Well, I, I usually start with a very interesting question: is uh, what did you have for lunch today? What? Ah, uh, I had shakshuka, which I made last night. So it's a just a lot of onion, capsicum, garlic, tomato, kind of cooked cooked together, and then when you um, you put some put some eggs on the top, and then just let it let it cover it, let it cook. Had that for dinner last night, and I, as you've as you've seen this evening, I never cook just for one meal. I cook enough to feed a friend and have leftovers for lunch. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I can't see the point. Even like living alone. I have never adjusted my recipes for that. So and usually my eyes are too big for my belly. Oh, and I'll, I'll cook, and I'm like, hang on, I can split this up. Yeah, <laughs> look, and and that's good. But there, are, there are some nights you just acknowledge that. Yeah, I'm going to eat all of this, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're growing boys. We are. Yeah. Yes. Eighty four. Eighty four was an excellent year. Eighty four was an excellent year. We were yeah. both born in eighty four. Yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, the first thing I like to get into is. I want you to tell me. Uh, I, I sort of I pick an age between like eight, nine, ten. Mm. What was your bedroom like? It was at that age. Ah, uh, so I I grew up on a farm, and I I earned my pocket money just working on the farm. And Jurassic Park came out in 1993, and that was like well, Batman. Jurassic Park and Star Wars were just like the driving like pop culture forces in my life. Um, so I was my my mum described me as like the king of laybys at Toys R Us, Raymond <laughs> Terrace, um, because I would I would have it down to like the last wire or the last bucket of tomatoes I would have to pick like until I can get that. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex Jurassic Park edition with like realistic damage rip and impact tremor feet um or the 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 Jurassic Park van that um you know parts of it ripped off when it when the previous T-Rex that I mentioned uh, attacked it or most of the toys had little Mm. sections that would would tear away I love that and um Dino Riders yeah I'm I'm still waiting for a live action. It's got to come eventually. Dino Rider, like James Cameron, if you're listening, like I think you're the you're the man for this one. Yeah, I think he does listen. Yeah, I'm right. pretty well, sure. I'm not I'm not surprised why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my my bedroom was um, so like it it was half because I shared a room with my brother, 
Um, so it was like, yeah, it was Star Wars, it was Jurassic Park, um, and anything dinosaur related I could get my hands on. Yeah, brilliant. So I'm not sure if I mentioned, but I love dinosaurs. It's funny because my one of the interviews I did recently also same thing. Mm. Uh, Is this something Jurassic about, Park, something about them? Yeah, yeah. So, so cool. All right, so at that age, with all that cool pop culture stuff that you all love, was there any collecting? Was that involved in 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 your your youth? Yeah, I um had a had a big cardboard box that I would I would store my my toys in. Um, as far as collecting goes, I also loved um X Men. So, um, I'd also buy these like really cool X X Men trading cards, and I think those particular X-Men cards and I wish I could find them at my parents' house but they've probably um, been claimed by my nephews or my cousins years ago. Um, yeah, that, that was a, a collection that came, I think, the closest to being completed. Um, yeah, the so... Flare, Flare Ultra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And there were, there were some that... Were that had that metallic sheen, so lentic, lentical. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. So I, I love those because I love, um, I love the X Men characters, and you know, I used to love like think it was totally cool, like um, just all the th- all the things they could do, and then, you know, now as um, a- an adult, like still watching the the movies that they've made, like in the last you know twenty years or something. Um, it has been 20 years. Isn't it wild to, to <laughs> think of it that way? It's 2000, man. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Um, yeah, and then, you know, coming becoming a bit more, like, comfortable with my identity as, as a gear man. I'm a gear man, no. Um, <laughs> and, like, and realising why I felt such a good connection with those, those characters. It's like, um, you know... It often comes about in in time of stress or like the powers manifest at, at puberty and it's like gaining awareness of like a, a true self and um and some people being afraid of it or hating it or whatever so i'm like i don't know you you go from like appreciating like whoa this is really sick to like oh there's so much more meaning you can gain for that so yeah those x-men cards were like closest full collection yeah, I would have collected all the Dino Rider toys if I if I could have, but yeah, you know. I, I remember a few Dino Rider toys. I think it was my cousins. They they had them. I remember going around there and playing with all the dinosaurs. Oh my gosh, and especially the ones that y- you know you could put the full thing of armor on, and then they had batteries. So like they walked slowly, but this T Rex with all this battle armor, just like every once in a while the the mouth would open and like there'd be like this. <laughs> so um it was cool and the the diplodocus or diplodocus with his cool open up bits and yeah it was brilliant everything cool. to fire up the imagination yeah brilliant yeah all righty so it was a x-men collector card yeah anything else um odd 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 collecting sort of things or obsessions like that you were ah. Uh, you're you're a man of sport. You must have some sort of sport. No, <laughs> I'm a man of circus. I'm not. I'm not sporty at all. And and like to be honest, I w- you know I wasn't really sporty back then yeah. because me yeah. either, man. Like yeah. I hated it. Yeah, oh, I'm the same. My event at any school um, carnival was a 1500 meter bludge. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, just like g- growing up, like and, and we played indoor soccer. We played like cricket we went to swimming club but I was always fairly chubby kid and so I just yeah I didn't feel uh all that all that comfortable like playing it because yeah. you know you know kid kids can be cruel and um yeah just you know I, I played football and I think my <laughs> just you know once again getting back to the X- X-Men I used to like the few times where my friends would convince me to play football I'd just be like, yeah, cool. I'm like juggernaut. Just run. Yeah. Like, and, just, and if anyone gets in your way, just... Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, trying to think. I probably... I read a lot, like, w- like my family's, like, readers. So I collected as many books as, as we could. And, um, you know, I was... A p- I think, lady is, I was quite obsessed with... And, like, you can see examples over there on my shelf. Like, the um, those leather-bound books, like, the blank inside. And just... 
drawing, writing, sketching, even though I'm not much of a drawer, but I just, you know, just give it a go and sometimes it can be quite a cathartic yep, totally. experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what I move into now is, is how much of that nine year old uh has has come out now at what are we, thirty six? Thirty six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're sitting Well how has it crafted you now? Well if you, I mean you can look behind you right now like i've got so this is this is we're sitting in my house i have a whole bunch of masks some are from venice some are made of cardboard um i've got all of like my circus costumes out because i don't know i i want uh, you know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of alice in wonderland um and I want to have my own house in the next couple of years and I want it to be uh, like, I don't want it to be this pristine, like um, sparse uh, space. You know, I don't want it to be like untidy or, or cluttered and everything, even though it's my, I feel my flat is quite cluttered at the moment, but I just want quirky, colorful, eclectic, strange things around me at like, at all times or as often as possible. And I think, you know, that's to do with circus. It's to do with um, being interested in X-Men, like seeing all the different iterations of, of the different characters. And colours. X-Men is full of colour. Absolutely. Like Jubilee. and Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I remember like before, um, you know, being, a, being an overweight guy, there's very limited kind of clothing options when you have to get like a, uh, like a three XL shirt, um, and and pants and everything. And now that I have improved my f- my fitness and you know more options available, that I love wearing loud, sometimes obnoxious <laughs> clashing patterns. And um, I actually want to go and learn to sew so I can make costumes for for myself for circus, but also just like general like day wear because I've got got a whole bunch of tartan pants um from Dangerfield and a, f- a few cool like print shirts um i've i found some fabric that's still in my bedroom that i need to get made into pants because it's neon leopard print and <laughs> i'm like i've always wanted some leopard print pants and i'm like oh it's neon that's even better like how obnoxious um, well, if you get your hands on some sewing tips yeah yeah well a friend of mine are actually uh she and i um are gonna go do a course at the wea next term so I was I was hoping to uh, get into the next level of my sign language course, but I missed the cutoff date. So um, I thought, okay, if I'm waiting till November, I still want to learn a new skill. So that's going to be sewing. Right. Yeah. That'll be good. It's great learning. Yeah. Yeah. I look, and th- and that's it. Like you, you don't stop. I just feel you don't stop dreaming at a certain age. Like, and I'm always quite curious to learn new things, especially if. It can have a beneficial flow and effect to other things that I do, like circus and yep. drama teacher and stuff like that. All right, circus. Yes. How long ago did circus happen? Um, for me, two thousand and six. Okay, yeah. Um, I r- I distinctly remember going to see Lennon Brothers Circus in Raymond Terrace when I was probably about nine, and um, I remember there was a woman who I have like got her book somewhere it's either here or, or at work um she had this enormous stock work that had to be like laid out the back of a tent and she had to like she started off with all these small whips but this huge one she had to like run in in order to get the the crack and i think it was she had some kind of record or like whether that was just like an australian record but um and just the smile she gave the audience when she did this amazing crack was was brilliant and so for me um I'd always acted in plays and been part of drama groups and everything. Um, but growing up as a flat-footed, knock-kneed, like, overweight kid, I'd never really developed that body confidence of, you know, hurling myself around or, um, you know, we, cl- we climbed trees, but wasn't much beyond that. And then 2006, Circus Monoxide came to Newcastle and was offering, um, like, free workshops. So I went along. I thought, oh, you know, I do a bit of fire twirling. I'll... I'll um I'll see see what I can do. Like pick, might pick up a few new skills here, 
and it was great. I loved it. And I was, it was very hard um, with my, my level of fitness back then, like to hold myself a tiny bit on the rope or like hold onto the trapeze. And um, yes, and I met, I met a guy there, um, his name's John Campbell, and he, he runs a local circus here in Newcastle. He was helping, helping out the circus because they didn't want to be performing all night, um, teaching all day. And he's like, okay, well, I run local classes, come along. And I did and have been doing so for 15 years. So Brilliant. Yeah, and it completely changed my life. Like that functional fitness um, and yeah, just little by little. And I saw, at, at first I saw little little changes happening. So my job um, at Big W uh, changed. So I was no longer just staying in one spot and I was walking around. So I rem- And I remember starting to wear a pedometer. And it was like a Christmas shift. I did 16 kilometers around the store. Jeez, in like yeah. <laughs> six hours or so. Was that Big W Raymond Terrace? Yep, yeah, it right. was, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I made a few changes, like cutting out like, um, like booze and, and soft drink. And that was a huge, huge difference. Um, and I just saw it like, just saw these like little things that, were contributing to something that I was really, really in, like enjoying seeing change. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and then and just the friends I've made in in the circus. Like we've um, just had a um, a circus wedding on the weekend, and that w- that was a lot of fun. And um, and that's you know, if I ever get married, that's kind of <laughs> how I imagine my my wedding to to look like but um yeah you surround it with all the things you love yeah absolutely like we had they had the ceremony um the the bride and groom were like barefoot in kind of casual cir- circus attire um and then straight after the ceremony we we put on a show and it was really exciting especially um emerging from you know 2020 and those opportunities not not being a thing and and also f- the fact that it was a joyful, um, like familiar, close acquaintance thing. Like, if it, if it had just been a random audience, um, you know, I'm sure we'd have still put on a great show. Yeah. But there were things that went wrong, and we just rolled with them, and it was a bit renegade, um, and it was fun. It was just really, really cool. Um, yeah. So circus is, was a complete life changer, and it's funny because uh, you, when I used to see people who knew me. When I was a bigger guy, and um, in in the first couple of years, like, wow, how'd you do it? I'm like, you know how that how they always say nutrition and exercise. Well, yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah. I said, but hula hoops help as well. And yeah. just kind of get this funny look. And um, yeah, and when you tell people that you are a circus clown, they like they they laugh, and it's like, no, really, I'm a circus clown. And it's I don't know, it's a really cool thing to be able to say. Because a lot of people use it as an insult, but like to me, it's like, oh, it's great. And so, as a teacher, though, yes. How uh, is it, have you got an example of how the circus has benefited that? Um, I feel that uh, my the confidence that I developed in the circus, in my own abilities, um, not only like physically changing and feeling more confident about myself um I I feel that kind of let me not stress too much about feeling um like I was this overweight dude who was facing a a lot of loneliness because you know these are the lies that you that you tell yourself Mm -hmm. um but no I just think um yeah circus was like the the main key like to unlocking Kind of like more of an authentic part of part of myself um, to to be able to re- relax into myself enough to bring that that kind of character to or not character but because that's myself but bring that to my my teaching style because my teaching style is quite jovial quite clownish you know and and you know I met you working when I was working as Captain Starlight. Um, and which I want to get into. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sec. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just, I just thought um, there's there's so many elements of of circus 
in Captain Starlight, and there's so many elements of Captain Starlight in Mr. Tarrant, the English and drama teacher. And it's also allowed me, um, when we had the circus equipment set up at my school, like to sh- to share those skills with um, with with my students. And as I was saying to you before, like, uh, you know, growing up as an unfit kid who hated taking part in sport, um, seeing those same kind of kids um, come along to my lunchtime circus club and, and you know, love being on the unicycle or just, you know, chilling over in the corner with juggling balls or climbing up the, the tissue, like, because, you know, it's... I've, I've heard it... I've heard circus described as the art of doing something perfectly useless perfectly. And I really love that because, you know, it's not like it's a team sport and you've got to score this and you've got to do this. It's like if you can do this thing, that's really cool and it'll be enjoyable for you, it'll be enjoyable for whoever whoever's lucky enough to see it. So, yeah, I think um, conf- confidence in myself and confidence um, inviting other people into that has been like the main benefit of, of it for me. There would be some students that would look at it and see themselves being able to attack that, but they wouldn't know how to take that leap yeah exactly right and so that's why um you know like it's it's funny because you had kids who who would just be like fearlessly coming in and just doing whatever um and uh, as much as i hate like labeling kids it's really really good for the very shy kids and the inverted commas naughty kids because Failure is spectacular, um, you know, and they can do a big burst of energy and something that is would potentially be looked at as, as stupid or reckless, but as it's in that controlled environment, like, you know, if they're going on, on a unicycle and they're overbalanced, then it's almost like a big, like, a, a marathon runner, like, get running through the, the, the ribbon at the end and that they've won. Um, so it allows for so much of a, of a burst of energy. Cause I, I've, I've had students that <laughs> even walking into my English classroom, it's like, oh, can you just go and like run five laps of the oval and come back and then we'll, we'll try to <laughs> get you to sit down and do this work. Cause you know, it's, it's hard, for, it's hard for kids. Um, as, especially in this day and age when they've got, um, like so much stimulation. So when even when you're trying to create like a kind of a, a calmer environment in which you know which you think is conducive to learning other kids are just like not nah, this isn't it for me so and yeah so it's it's well to try to create that balance for for a lot of kids but yeah it's 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 really good because once you get a couple in there and there were kids that i would always see just like watching from the doors and you know i'd i'd kind of like je- gesture them and like like wave them in like invite in like invite them in, um, and then but I'd always let them let it be on their time because you know it wasn't a mandatory class and they they had to have have the option, and you know like all good things you you know you get to things in your own time, and um, that can be said of a lot of, lot of things yep. for 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 people for kids for for school for whatever so. Um, yeah, because I didn't come to circus until I was 21 and like I feel like I'm so much more myself at 36 than I was at 21. When you when you think like, oh yeah, I'm an adult now, like I've just like got it all sorted. So, yeah. mate, if I could, you know, I know it's such a cliche, <laughs> but if I could just go back oh to like... Man. 16 year old me yeah and just if i was only able to say but they wouldn't believe you no they wouldn't they wouldn't <laughs> i would walk up to 16 year old me with a stack of hula hoops <laughs> and like <laughs> trust me you're gonna yeah. want to do this you're gonna give them the almanac yeah that, oh <laughs> man, not even that i would just say hula hoops but yeah you know, metaphorically <laughs> yeah yeah i would say hula hoops and um, don't go to the Nike audition on October 10th, 2011, because you're really going to hurt your back. <laughs> Save me some uh, pain. Yes. Mm. yes. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Cheers. Um, so what was it? Starlight. That's right. Starlight, yes. So this is how, this is how we met. Yeah. Because we, we had our Christmas party um, up 
up at the John Hunter Hospital and yeah. you came in um, with your friends who do cosplay. Yeah, and so it was the 501st. Yes. I yes. wasn't with the 501st though at the y- time. Yeah, because I, I thought you were... Was this 2014? No. 15? I thought it was before before that because 2014 is when I moved to England. So it was probably before that. Must have been 13 then. Yeah, yeah. Because I came back from Cal in 13. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been 2013, then you must have moved away yep. and then come back since. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, and I, I had a problem with going to this event in the back of my head because uh, I was dressed as a Ghostbuster. That, oh, that's right, because I was trying to think, because you weren't a Star Wars no. character. Yeah, because I know you were conflicted, like, yeah. walking into a hospital, um, especially dealing with uh, sick... Sick kids. Sick kids and, and I, ghosts. I brought it up with a few people, and they're like, what are you worried about? I'm like, Ghostbusters collect ghosts. Yeah. And ghosts are usually those who have passed. Yeah. And, yeah. And a few people said, oh, no, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And ultimately it was fine, except for the one nurse that did mention it. <laughs> she brought it up with me and I was like, yeah, I know. I've thought about it. I'll probably never do it again. Can I Can I ask, was was that nurse from J2? Honestly, I can't remember. Because, <laughs> um, you know, that uh, that is a ward where more of the, like, I guess in danger ill mm. like un- unwell kids were yeah um cuz j1 general ward j2 um pediatric oncology h1 was more like respiratory um things like that so like while i you know i do <laughs> i think it was really a good idea to be to be wary of that um i wouldn't do it again I <laughs> Uh, well, at, at at the wedding on the on the weekend, we were thinking of like these old school circus acts we could we could bring back. And I once did a Bollywood themed hula hoop act, um, but my friend who is Fijian Indian um, helped me choreograph it, and so he was like my consultant on that. And and I performed it at his um, his engagement party, and uh, from then on, I performed it a couple of times in Sydney. And I just remember being absolutely terrified because I was like, this audience doesn't know how much bo- like Bollywood I, I watch and how much I love it. But here's this like white guy, um, like do like dancing. Um, and I was, I, I'd even learned the lyrics and it was, it was all in Punjabi. Um, so I learned, cool. learned the lyrics and I was like miming along as if I was, if, as if I was singing. Um, and I even remember um, calling my friend before I performed that act the first time in Sydney. I'm like, dude, like, I'm so worried right now. Like, what if what if they think I'm I'm making a mockery of it? And he's like, I helped you put it together. It's not a mockery. It's it's an homage. And he said, and all that's going to happen is that the the Indian mothers in the audience are probably going to slap their sons upside the head and say, hey, there's. Uh, he put on an accent, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Said this Gora is dancing and you're not. Yeah. And um, and so I'm like, okay. And the act begins with me with my back to the audience, like doing a few of the, like the classic dance poses, and then sh- shrugging my shoulder and uh, while ter- turning around, and I laid eyes on the audience, and there's just all these beautiful Indian women just beaming up at me with these gl- glowing smiles, and and that's when like I think. Even after speaking with my friend, I'm like seeing th- these women's smiles was what I was like. Okay, that's that's okay. Um, yeah, when they said for the wedding on the weekend, it's like bolly hoops. I'm like the time of bolly hoops has passed. <laughs> um, so I did I did my current act, which is which is uptown funk. So okay, yeah. So anyway, we're going on tangents, but yeah, I love tangents. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, Starlight. I was with Starlight for. Eight years, I think, um, and it it was it was amazing. It taught me so much. And I, I remember, like my mate Jono um, was a captain, and he recommended he recommended it to me a couple of times. And I'm like, oh mate, I'm not 
shit, I could do it. It'd break my heart. And um, then an opportunity came up, and I I did an audition and w- went through. There's there's it's a, like a five part uh, employment process back at the time. So did an audition, um, an interview, psychometric testing, like all all these things to see whether you're wow. like suitable. I think fair enough. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people look at it at face value. Like they just look at it as another clown. Um, it's like, well, that that's a, a part of it, but it, you know, the the mission statement of Salad is, you know, um, brightening the lives of seriously ill and hospitalized children and their yeah. families, and and unfortunately, you know, during my time working working as a captain, that you know, I knew knew kids that were. Short short stay patients, mm-hmm. some with broken arms, others with like uh, C- CF and uh, more long term stuff, and also like obviously um you know pediatric oncology. And unfortunately, I've known quite a, quite a few like long term patients who did um, did pass away, and those are really really hard. It's, but Starlet was really supportive with grief counselling, and they had like progressive, you know professional development and and things like that especially based around mental health and i think you know i just added that to my my bowstring in like heading into teach teaching yeah quite a few really cool experiences with starlight we they used to do a fundraiser every year and i got a free stay at the four seasons in sydney where where the event was all all the sydney captains that were there there was always a bit of jealousy because we were like the like even in Newcastle we were like the rural bumpkin cousins, <laughs> not the Sydney captains. Like, got all the resources. Um, all the Sydney captains were given cab vouchers to get a ride home at the end of the night. Us Newcastle captains got free rooms at the Four Seasons. <laughs> I w- I w- slept in a king size bed that I could not I could lie sideways on and not touch the sides. Legendary. It was so good. I also met Maggie Beer that night. And I th- and Katrina Round, she told Maggie Beer that I wanted her to be my honorary nana. Because oh. I'm like, I love you, Maggie Beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did that. Also worked up in Darwin for a couple of weeks with Starlight on secondment. And I would travel back to Darwin in a heartbeat. It was incredible. Like, um, I was I was writing out a bio for a friend uh, today, like my own performer bio. And um, I, you know, wrote, wrote, oh, you know, Bravissimo, which is my circus name. Um, Bravissimo has performed in, you know, traditional circus, in hospitals, in um, theatres in London and in tin sheds in Arnhem Land. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick my favourite place to perform, it would be those tin sheds in Arnhem Land because those kids you know when you go to a starlight room you've got a lot to fall back on yeah. you've got you know you ask the kids whether they want to like do something like interactive with you but a lot, of th- a lot of the times they're like their eyes are drawn to like the game cubes or the wii or whatever whatever they're rocking there these days um yeah in arnhem land you might have a like have a little utility pouches and stuff in our pockets and you might have a have a briefcase or a suitcase of stuff and that's all you got. And those kids are just like sponges for everything that you want to throw at them. And um, and it was amazing. Like we used to do these like fly-in, fly-out days to remote um, clinics. Um, like I remember going, to, we went to this one place called Ganyangara. So we were there and it was like this tiny little dirt airstrip and this little Rattler pl- plane. And we're there for like four or five hours just like nonstop because there was a constant stream of people coming in. And there was one one little boy who um he was like our conduit for the rest of them. Um like he he was kind of there first and he pretty much stayed the whole time. And um he like and you know when there were like you know kids like shyly like looking in from from the door, a bit unsure of us, um he <laughs> this little bloke would walk over he goes, Oi cuz Get in here. They're <laughs> awesome. They're doing magic. And he pointed his hand and he goes, they gave me a rainbow stamp. They were <laughs> glitter on it. The, the, like, and he's like, just get in here. And like, um, they just, like, indigenous kids up there were just, like, they are they're just like the purest form of energy that you, you mm-hmm. could ever imagine. And 
and I remember like the same little kid, um, you know, he went, you know, off to get some food and came back later, later with his mum, and he was one of the last last ones there. And I'm like, oh god, I, this kid has seen every single trick I can do. <laughs> I want to show him more. Um, and I, I think I made I made one up on the spot. And I'm like, do you want to see a trick? He's like, yeah. And so I did it. And it obviously, it wasn't a very very good trick. He's like, yeah, cool. Do you want to see a crocodile? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And um, so, but the um, we we were given strict rules. Like we said, don't go anywhere on your own. Um. But that was more so like a wildlife thing than d- danger from other people yep. kind of thing. So um, yeah, the so the pilot finished up. So this little boy and his mum took myself and the other captain and the pilot and the doctor and nurse at that clinic about fifty meters <laughs> um, out the back of this like little clinic, and this boy pointed out this crocodile. and it was partially submerged. And when I say partially, I couldn't see much of its body but its head was about a meter long oh and it's only small yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like oh my gosh i'm like he's not doing much is he and this kid's like oh yeah well he ate a horse the other day so he's <laughs> got to sleep it off <laughs> and i'm like where did you come from you're like this little little dynamite dude so so cool yeah yeah and um yeah we also flew into arnhem land for um, like into Yetakala for the it was such a huge event, and it was when um, uh, K Rudd was was prime minister, and he and he was there that day. Um, it was the fiftieth anniversary of the paperback petitions, which was like the beginning of land rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just painting faces nonstop, and we had <laughs> pretty much had an entire suitcase of of baby wipes and um. Our our manager. So our manager said, because um, th- there are a lot of posters around up there, because a lot of the kids don't wash their faces on a on a daily basis, and there's a bacteria or something that can, you know, occur p- because of that lack of hygiene and cleanliness that can eventually uh, lead to blindness, and um, our ma- that's why our manager like we're painting faces just like <laughs> drop this enormous suitcase full of like packets of baby wipes and she's like clean their faces before you paint them and um and i and i thought that was cool and like these this line of kids because we weren't even meant to be the face painters we were there meant right. to be interacting but um the face painter didn't rock up and the organizer was like captains <laughs> and um and my offside captain who was from darwin um became <laughs> like got really unwell she, I wasn't sure whether it was something that she'd eaten or um, whether it was the heat because it was so intensely hot up there. Um, but poor thing, she was like quite sick, like physically physically sick. And then she goes, oh, great. Now I'm going to be known as Captain Spewlight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we just we just kept that going. And from like noon until the like sun had well gone down, we're just like cleaning these kids' faces and painting them. And it was so funny because like the kids wanted so much done. It's like I've got about three hundred people in my line, champ. Like you can have one thing, and then all of a sudden, um, a kid a kid will rock up with like you know standing sideways, wanting something on their face, and then you <laughs> tilt their face. You've already you've, you've already you've already painted them. <laughs> um, so that that was super cheeky and funny. So yeah, so Starlight, um, Starlight just it it gave me so much that I still use to this day in regards to um like p- performing um because yeah w- like when you when you don't have the technology or other stuff to to rely on um sim- i it's kind of like similar to when you're busking and it's like all you have is what you have on you yeah um i think it's like a return to that like pure sense of like clowning and performing that you don't have to rely on big lights or or that so and it's just that that joy of play um that a lot of the the kids um up there already have and it's like like i said they just they just want everything you can throw at them um which is great so i i can't wait to go and do some more hospital stuff um it's brilliant so one of the stories i have i I was wearing a a spider-man costume Mm. And we were in a, a ward 
There was a bunch of heroes there. We, it was when I was with a, a group of dudes, we'd, we'd dress up in hero stuff and, and go and just visit the kids. And for them, they get to see Spider-Man in real life. And it's, it's undescribable sometimes how they react because you're just taken a gut, like t- you're taken away that they just they think you're real. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. You're just there doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> it. Like when you when you are that ca- that character and they have that suspension of disbelief. Yep. Um it's just it's brilliant. It's so fun. And the I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but the thing that I can get away with is wearing a mask and being able to cry. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I was blown away this one time. We were in there standing around the bed and there's a little girl, she's enjoying herself. And I look over and the mother's crying. Mm. And I'm like, oh, have we done something wrong? What's going on? And later on, we were told that the mother was crying because the little girl hadn't smiled. In such a long time. In such a long time. And honestly, that's that's such a common common thing to occur. And that's just because we were there. Yeah, wearing spandex. That's it. That's it. Like, and it's uh, just those sim- simple things that, that that bring joy. Um, I remember uh, <laughs> th- this wasn't on any spe- special event day, but um, you know, w- when we get to like the silent room in the morning, we'll go out and do our our rounds in the wards, um, and then um, head head back to open the room, but. There was this tiny little girl in this bed and there were no other beds in the room. And we walked in and, you know, obviously she was a bit shy, but she had like mum, dad and grandma and grandpa there. And um, we were there for probably 10, 15 minutes. And, you know, we had the big badges that they were like, you know, Captain Starlight. And we gave her the stickers that had our, like, you know, our likenesses on them. It said Captain Starlight. And we gave her the, the tattoos that said Captain Starlight. And we're just playing and singing everything, doing magic and everything. And, um, you know, we had to head off. And as we were leaving, she, <laughs> she goes, bye-bye, Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, who are we to burst that bubble? So we turned around and did like the, yeah. the finger finger gun, like, see you later. Um, so hopefully to this day, she's like, yeah, the Wiggles visited me in hospital. Exactly. Yeah, they're all wearing purple and yellow. They <laughs> weren't the d- differentiation. And Jeff did not look... Very sleepy, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. Mm. I, I was, on. I did see the the new Wiggles. It was, I was at a mate's house a couple mm. weeks ago, and his daughter was sitting on my lap, and she was mesmerized by the Wiggles. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like it's just the purple wiggle now. That the OG. Um, no, no, it doesn't matter. As long as you're wearing a purple shirt, you fall asleep. Oh wow! Yeah, so the purple wiggle has the same sleeping oh issues. God. So it's color based narcolepsy. Absolutely. This needs to be funded. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Starlight also helped us do a, lo- a lot of training and um, in particular going into the adolescent mental health ward, how we would be there is vastly different to how we would be on, on the w- on the general wards and, and in the Starlight room because in there we're like, yeah, I'm from planet Starlight. I'm an alien from outer space and I've got all these magical, cool tricks I can do. Whereas when we would um, when we would go into, a, you know, Nexus, the adolescent me- it's a closed adolescent mental health ward, um, you know, we would be like, I'm an actor. Like, I'm a, I'm human being. I live here in Newcastle, but um, I'm just here to ent- entertain and you know, just help help you, like maybe have a laugh or do do something fun or or entertaining or enjoyable. So, yeah. um, and I think that that was a good a good thing to do, um, because as a performer myself, I like having a time between or space between being a performer, being a character, and also just being me. Because one thing I did notice as I did more with the circus and, you know, learn more performing tricks with Starlight and stuff like that, um, there were some people who, you know, would invite you places, but they they expect, um, you know, Simon the performer, not Simon my friend, I just want to spend time with. So it... Um, <laughs> I remember just like rocking up at at a friend's kids' birthday parties, and there was another 
um, another mother there was like, oh, come on, where's the face paints? Where's the hula hoops? Where's the blah, blah, blah? And I said, where do I send my invoice? Yeah, so that's right. I'm like, I'm a guest. I'm not here to entertain. Mm. Um, they think you just keep it on you all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that's exhausting. Like, because um, I, I guess I give so much energy in teaching and I give so much energy in the circus. So I need to recoup that energy somehow. And um, oftentimes that's just like chilling at home. Like, I'd like after this past year, I would love a huge night out in a nightclub, but pre last year i'm like uh every once in a while is fine but yeah so i don't think i can remember my last <laughs> night <club. laughs> well like i remember i remember a couple um like because because i was in japan last january and um i got home i think the third of february and then when things were kicking off in march because I'd, I'd been to japan with my dad and we just constantly say i'm like damn we timed that right because it would have been yep. pretty, like, you know, hearing the stories of people trapped overseas. and Yeah, there's a girl in Germany and yeah. just can't leave. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be awful. So um, I'm really, really, really happy that um, we, we got home in time and that we, we have been so fortunate and, and all that. So, yeah. All right. When you were little, though, mm. did you have any plans of, of ideas what you wanted to do for oh. a career well getting back to my jurassic park obsession i wanted to be a paleontologist yep but i wanted to be a paleontologist game show host because <laughs> i <laughs> I, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I would always see um you know people on like the price is right or all the all these like game shows like say hey it's saturday and i'm like i i would never want one as like like big studio as as hey hey it's Saturday but I'm like oh, I want my own show whether like whether it's a game show or there's game segment of it or but I'm like oh, I would love to do that um I still maintain that I think I would be phenomenal as a play school presenter um I do have a friend who sometimes works on there and I'm like hook me up i re like i want to while my niece my while my niece and my nephews are young enough i would love to give them the street cred to say that yeah my uncle's on uh, play school no biggie see i would love to work on play school but i want to build like the sets, the sets. Yeah, yeah well look let's let's put in a dual application done yep bingo okay yeah uh all right i do jump into a few other different questions here yeah and it's about the future Yes. Usually. Yes. Uh, so what what do you hope to achieve by 50? Or how, where do you want to see yourself by 50? I want to be still be performing. I'm not sure. Um, like with like my body's changed a lot uh, since I was 21 started with the circus. And I'm so grateful. But it's <laughs> it's um, also it, like circus takes it takes its toll. So I would like to think that I'm still performing, but as far as say profession goes, like you know, I don't know, I'm a high school teacher um, for the most part now. Um, I hope that I've moved like, and I'm hoping to do it in the next couple of couple of years, getting my qualifications. I've been learning Auslan for two and a half years, and I want to get my interpreter qualifications, so um, I can. I can teach um, the like people who are deaf and hard of hearing. I can, um, and whether that's in a, in a classroom or um, like interpreting at at conferences and, and events and everything. Because ever since I I started learning sign language, like I've just absolutely fallen more in love with like physical forms of communication. Like so much so that I I created a a clown character who's nonverbal. Um, purely so I could channel some of that that love of physical communication into into my character. And in 2019, we did a show called Safari that was based around um, this this nonverbal clown character of mine and his um, offside a clown Zoe. And 
Um, my my Auslan teacher came al- came on to see it one day with like twenty five other deaf and hearing impaired people, and there was other, there was a lot of kids amongst their group, and they had oh that'd be so cool. Oh, it was brilliant, and they had um, an interpreter who sat next to our narrator for the for the parts that did have dialogue, and and this um this interpreter even described what style of song was playing like when the acts were going apart but um like Anne who's who's my teacher told me afterwards that you know when my when Zoe and I were like we'd 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 include a bit of sign in like our handshakes and when we're like regarding the audience and and Anne said like these these kids um who like you know deaf and hard of hearing they were like tapping her on the leg and like saying they're signing they're signing and to hear um how excited they were to see that they were included was phenomenal and i really really like i want to create just more and more opportunities of that and and i taught the car like the entire cast like how to do a bit more and like you know just the thank you and like the applause and everything so yeah, I just I really want to be doing that kind of performance, and I really want to or like be working uh, with with Auslan because I love it, and um, because and I think with with my teaching now, I'm very much a a teacher who likes to talk and discuss and and everything. And I often I get to Friday afternoon, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of talking. Yeah, and for sure. Um, so I think switching my voice off a lot more, I I would actually really enjoy. It's also, I've also used it in a very cheeky way. Um, only once I felt confident in my proficiency with it, say I've been at um, big events, like say Mardi Gras last year, just before everything kicked off. It's like you get to that tired stage of the morning because I, I volunteer at the after party in a harm minimization role. And I'm like, oh, I'm in this like thumping dance floor. And then people are tapping on the shoulder and like do that whole yell into the ear, try to try to talk to you. And like my social energy had switched off by five AM because I had the late shift. Um and so if anyone tried to talk to me on the dance floor, I would like do the sign saying, Sorry, I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> um but I like I said, I only did that when I felt confident that if anyone spoke to me who, you know, Murphy's Law knew Auslan, <laughs> I would be able to explain why I, d- I did that. So, yeah. And uh, actually next month um, I'll be, like, I don't have my interpreter qualifications, but en- enough to get by. The, um, my circuit is actually doing a workshop for deaf and hearing impaired kids, so I'll be w- the trainer who yeah, will be signing to them. So I'm excited. I'm really, really cool. excited about that. So that's right. what I'm going to be doing. The opposite of that question is what do you fear about getting there? To that. Mm. Oh. Um, oh, I guess because I am saving up for a house, like to create my Mad Hatter dream house, that that I just persevere in what I'm doing currently, which currently this is not emotionally or mentally sustainable mm-hmm. um i've been extremely extremely tired and burnt out by my job at the moment and it's not just the um like it's not so much th- like teaching the the curriculum and everything but just the additional responsibilities that are put on us as educators as substitute parents as hostage negotiators as talking down off of ledges um and and especially emerging from last year where we you know have to put our best face forward while we're also dealing with our own anxieties our own bullshit um so my fear is that i'll i'll look at what i want to do as Oh, but that's not as financially viable as just staying the course and staying like as a as a mainstream high school teacher, and like and I I love I love teaching, I love working with kids. Um, it is it's just getting quite exhausting. Like I have a big wingspan, and I'm a lot of kids' go to guy, and I really love that, especially 
now having become more confident in myself as as a gay man and um you know like as cliched as it sounds being the teacher that I would have loved to have had when when I was when I was younger because I I don't remember any cool teachers you know I had I had a cool teacher but for myself like I I was not ready to come out in high school and in these days like you know I have a have a kid who you know started started year seven with a with a um changed gender identity and changed name that that aligned with their authentic self and I just think wow like how how amazing that we're we're giving people like the the encouragement and the space to figure that out earlier than like my generation or previous de- definitely previous generations and um also i don't remember that obviously it, it existed yeah and there were yeah. people that were confused because they didn't understand that what they were living inside of yeah absolutely but it wasn't in our faces no no absolutely because like i i knew from like very early high school that i was gay but i, I also knew that i'm like this is my secret and i cannot ever release this so you know i thought you know maybe one day but definitely not not in school and i th- and i think i was so wrapped up in my own body image lack of confidence that i'm like let's just deal with one catastrophe at a time yeah <laughs> um yeah so my fear is that i'll um stick in something that's more currently reliable but (laughs) soul draining than you know taking i know yes taking taking a bit of a bit of a hit and doing something that that i love like i would have loved to um to continue working for starlight but you know finish my degree and you know working for working for a charity is where i i would love to see myself return to but um yeah, just kind of shifted away from that. So, I yeah, I don't want to be like that generation that oh, I have this job and I'll do it until I keel over. So I'm just like no. Nah. So it's good to be have have many more options. Cool. All right, I've got a few more questions. Yeah, I think this one will be very easy for you because you could apply this to anything you've told me tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what is what is one thing that you are deeply proud of in your life? Um. It could it could be it could be any any one of the things that I've that I've said. <laughs> I knew it when I, 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 I I've got a set few questions that are they're the same questions I ask I'll ask everyone because yeah. I think I think they're a good one direction other direction yeah and yeah. then down the middle yeah absolutely um and when when listening tonight I'm like oh my proud questions pretty much any of these yeah <laughs> yeah the whole but, conversation but i don't i don't want to co- i don't want to cop out to, uh, yeah uh, all of the above yeah um i guess not not staying where i where i was where i was unhappy like with change with, yeah change like um and you know and i'm still obviously on a a, a process that's that's growing and evolving as as I do, like physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, yeah, because like you you and I have like had a, had a good conversation about you know me- mental health and like checking in with with where we are. Um, yeah, so con- considering like you know th- thoughts that we we may have had like negative or otherwise about about ourselves but like um not sinking into that and and like changing what what we didn't see as as healthy or or right but i also um (laughs) i want to i want to add something to that like being like as as tiring as it can be like being that person that these these kids these days think, yeah, this is this is my guy. Like this is someone who, who I feel safe with, who who I trust. Like earning earning the trust of of kids at my school, um, um, and them f- 
feeling feeling okay to be not okay around me and and asking asking me for help is is something I'm really proud of because you know we we have we've lost some along the way and that that hits hard like um i i had a student who you know was was he was a school captain at Bulladilla. he was in my drama class and um and he was amazing and i just you know he um he was unfortunately killed in a in a car accident on his way home from helping out at a gig like he wanted to be a muso and um and i was working at a different school at the time and the that was like on a sunday and then that friday there, there was a kind of a, a gather back out in Bulladilla and that i that i went along to and i was catching up with a lot of the kids and then and i saw like saw this kid's mum and she came over and just kind of she hugged me and then she kind of like slumped into my arms and she was just like i just wanted to be you and like even even now just thinking about that like it's um to to have to have that that impact on someone else and to like have that be part of my legacy like if any if any kid remembers me with kindness or remembers if if i was in any way helpful to them like then that's that's amazing to me like that's just beyond whatever value <laughs> you can you can imagine like have, having the having the trust of people yeah 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 all right yeah. final question yeah what is happiness oh happiness is inside the hula hoop <laughs> wonderful it is circular it is infinite it is endless i have a lot of joy just doing what i do and it um, rotates around your waist. It rotates <laughs> around my waist, my neck, my hands, my beard, <laughs> my feet. Um, yeah. That's it because it's joyful for me because it's joyful for others. Um, and just getting back to the whole, you know, I didn't choose the clown life, the clown life chose me. Like that's, um, that's happiness to me. Like, br like having joy like br bringing joy to others but also being able to keep some for yourself and that's what i've said to when i've met other other performers um that i admire um like i'm a big fan of rupaul's drag race and i met um one of my favorite queens um when she came to sydney a couple of years ago and i just i just said to her mate you bring me so much joy and i said i just hope you keep some for yourself and like she got a little bit teary at that and gave me a big hug and I just thought, yeah. So I, I want to create joy, um, and sometimes I like want to be, don't want to be. I I think I'm I am very giving and I've been told that sometimes to my own detriment. So I am learning that fine line of creating joy, giving it away, but also saving some for myself. So that jar right there, like I'll write um like happy thoughts on it or good things that happened in a day and i'll put it in there and i'll i'll read it at the end of the year or if i if i'm you know not feeling all that all that sparkly i'll pour a shake out a handful and just have have a have a look at them and um just be reminded even if it's a simple thing like oh i had a good coffee or stuff like that so yeah yeah joy and happiness yeah awesome uh, as we round off, is there anywhere where people can follow you on the socials? Yeah, socials is um, Instagram Bravissimo Hoops, so B R A V I W S I M O H O O P S. Um, I will be performing this week at the Newcastle Fringe. The show is called O M G W T F, and we live up to our name because even I'm even as the MC. And performing in the show myself, I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and anything um, Circus Avalon related, you'll generally see me um, swinging my hoops and my hips and all of that. 
know if you want to plug some more Avalon stuff, uh, feel free. Okay. Um, <laughs> Circus Avalon on Instagram, <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> Circus Avalon Academy. What would people see there? Uh, well, we are still trying to find our like permanent home because we, we've moved out of our previous training space. Um, but we have a lot of community shows. Um, well, often if there's like uh, rallies in Newcastle, um, for example, like the, the climate change rally, we, we generally set up there because, um, you know, circus is the art of doing something perfectly useless perfectly. But, uh, you know, uh, we're all quite, s- well, we like to think like socially and politically active. So we do go to these events. Um, hopefully we'll start returning to Sydney, um, doing shows there. Um, Lazots will we'll be there every, every few months. So um, we do a mixture of family-friendly and not-so-family-friendly shows because a few of us have become burlesque performers as well. Ah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a mixture for everyone. All right, awesome. Yeah. And um, we'll often have workshops as part of certain shows so people get to try it and see whether they love it as much as we do might be able to get into a swing of it and bingo make something of it yeah i mean your beard's as long as mine now so we can maybe swing a hoop off that but don't 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 come for my gig yeah i don't know the whites tend to snap very very easily Mm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) salt and pepper (laughs) well mate i love talking to you likewise buddy it's always fun thank you thank you for joining me Cheers. Well, uh, oh, I say we'll do it again because we probably will. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about something different. Absolutely. All right, mate. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you. Bye.